We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? The Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 34. As we move into the final stretch of the season, the Yankees have 14 games left, and they just took two out of three from the Mets, reclaiming New York as a Yankee city. I was hearing some bullshit that the Mets have taken over New York. No way. That'll never happen. Scott, what's going on? 
Well, first of all, in order to reclaim something, you had to have had it in the first place. So uh, I don't really understand how they're they're saying this is our city and this is our city. I mean, you got to do something to actually uh, do something in the postseason to actually take a city and to to have an entire city behind your back. So this whole reclaiming uh, thing that they 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 keep saying is is just complete nonsense. Um, this is our town. It'll always be our town. Let's just not fool each other. Yeah, it, it'll always be a New York Yankees town, no doubt about it. I don't think the Mets have had New York since before I was born. Back in eighty. 86 maybe the 86 Mets but since then it's been all Yankees yeah 86 Mets had it I was six years old at the time so I don't even remember that um as, as long as I've been alive it's, this has been a New York Yankees town and uh you know they had it for one maybe they've had it for two years I guess you know we'll give them 69 and 86 there you go but yeah no this is a Yankee town and uh pretty sure we showed them last night this was a Yankee town City Field was erupting with the Yankee fans uh with that Beltran double so I loved it yeah it was, it was great to see how was your weekend otherwise I had a good weekend. You know, I was watching a lot of baseball, a lot of baseball, a lot of college football. Um, was a couch potato yesterday, just doing some work and uh, and watching some of the football games. Uh, my my Jets play tonight, so um, yesterday I was just kind of looking around and seeing what everybody else is doing and uh, and screaming at my fantasy team. Are you scared that the Jets are going to embarrass themselves on Monday Night Football? No. Uh, first of all, I'm not scared of anything <laughs> anymore. Let's. There's there's no reason to be scared. It's already happened a hundred times. I mean, the Jets have embarrassed themselves so many times. So, like, the, I, the word scared isn't. I'm not even worried. It's just like if it happens, oh, it's just another time. But honestly, I, I feel like it's. Uh, there's a there's a shift. There's a there's just a different feeling uh, around the Jets to me, just because of the the new owner or the new uh, leadership. Uh, at the GM position and the coach, uh, I think this is just a different bunch. So I like how they're they're quiet, go about their business, and and let, it, let everything on the field play them out. Similar to what someone's doing up in uh, New England. Yeah. So the the Jets are just quiet, not really making headlines. No one's punching the quarterback in the face and 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 making front page news, right? No, that was the preseason. That had we we took care of that, and then he went to the <laughs> then he went to the problem child uh, Rex Ryan team. So. Uh, it was funny because I don't know if you see, uh, I think it's on Showtime or whatever, that Brandon Marshall goes on and, and does that show. That was like part of the allure for New York for him because it was right there and he could still do his show. Um, but he was, he, it was actually kind of funny because they were like, oh, talking about the Jets. He's like, no, we're terrible. The Jets are terrible. We're not going to go anywhere. We have a five foot five quarterback. Uh, we have, uh, we're, we're, our defense is terrible. No one talk about the Jets. We're just going to stay here and just do what we got to do. Let me so I thought you. it was kind of funny. It, are you bothered at all that Brandon Marshall goes and does this weekly television show? Not really. I don't really think it affects anything. Um, I could see how it, it could affect him if he was in Chicago and he's flying to New York to do it. But he films in New York. So to, for the for the Jets, it's like, you know, going, It's this, what's the difference between doing that and going out to dinner or doing that and going out with your friends? I mean, it's just something he does. Uh, it's He's still talking football, so I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it would kind of rub me the wrong way if I was a Jets fan. But there's well, we of we also knew it, we knew it was happening before he came here, right? Yeah, um, and we gave up a fifth round pick for this man. So this is all icing on a cake, as far as I'm concerned. I just don't think it's a coincidence that he's been on like his fifth team in whatever his entire career. No, I agree with that. I mean, he's got he's definitely been outspoken, and there's there's been uh, there's been issues with him. But I don't know. I, I feel like uh, we eyes wide open with him. We know exactly what, what's coming. Uh, but on the field, you can't you can't really say anything bad about the dude. The dude, he's a baller on the field. Oh, so. I mean, he's one he's of the, the top talents in the league. And he's the best receiver the Jets have had in a long time. So, since uh, Keyshawn? Yeah. Since Keyshawn. Uh, San Antonio San Antonio was good for a year. Um, yeah, Keyshawn, throw me the damn ball. I, I guess so. Eric Decker, look, Eric Decker's been great too. Um, but we had, like, Lavernius Coles was really good for the Jets for a little while. Uh, Lavernius Coles had some, had some really good years. So, um, 
Yeah, there were there were some other good Jets, but we haven't had like a like a six four six five big time possession guy since Keyshawn, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I, I was at City Field on Friday. It's the first time I ever made it out to City Field. Have you been since the new stadium opened? Yeah, I went once. I've been there one time, I believe. Um, I don't remember. It was the Mets. Uh, I don't remember who they played, but yeah, I sat. I sat on the outfield on the the first row of the outfield. It was a, you know, it looks like every other park in, as far as the construction where it's got that open outfield. Um, it's nice. It's got a nice, nice, nice park. It was kind of dead when I went, but I assume it was a different story for you. Oh, I mean, the place was rocking. It was a sellout Friday night, Yankees, Mets. I mean, the atmosphere was great. First thing I noticed, though, because I never went to Shea either, but it takes forever to get out there from Manhattan. It's like 45 minutes to an hour on the subway. Like, who the hell wants to do, to do that every night? I understand why they only get, like, 20,000 people a night. It's it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's definitely not easy to get to. Um, uh, but... I don't know. They they were uh, they're they're pulling. They're definitely uh, they're definitely coming out. So I mean, there were. It sounded like when I was watching on television. Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like there were a lot of Yankee fans. Well, I don't know about Friday night. I didn't hear it as much, but last night I definitely heard it. <clears throat> well, I think the score had something to do with how loud the Yankee fans were. Uh, I would say I saw between 25 and 30 percent Yankee fans on Friday night. Yeah. Okay. And I think there's also a difference in the broadcast because um, last night I was streaming on ESPN, and ESPN seems to like they they. I think the crowd noise is more prevalent in their broadcast where yes kind of I feel like they mute it more it's not as they don't have it as loud um, well I think ESPN puts microphones like all over the field yeah yeah so that's that's another reason I think we were, we were hearing them um, yeah I mean listen City Field was nice it's new it kind of reminded me actually of Camden Yards is some of the architecture just sort of that um, and that's what they were going for right they're going for that old time new ballpark feel which is what Camden Yards kind of paved the way for yeah, uh, the only and it has thing- that open outfield. That open outfield has become really uh, popular. I mean, Safeco, uh, I, I've been to Seattle Safeco. So it's a very similar design where that outfield's wide open, um, and you can get, there's like a grandstand out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the only thing I, I thought that I liked better than Yankee Stadium was the food options, and I think that's pretty common, that City Field has amazing food options. You got Shake Shack, you got barbecue, you got you got pretty much everything you can think of. Uh, other than that, I mean, give me Yankee Stadium all day. Uh, it's closer. It's, it, 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 I don't know, it just feels like more like a major league stadium. Maybe it's just because I think that sort of bright Mets orange kind of just looks like a minor league team, and, and I just can't take it seriously. <laughs> all, this, all the sparkly, yeah. uh, the, the blue and orange, not it, it, is, it is a hard contrast. Not to mention you got planes taken off next to the stadium. It's just, what are, you, what are we doing out here? Yeah, no, that's funny. The, no, it's funny you said the food options. My sister actually, uh, my sister works for um, the, the company that provides a lot of the food for Shea Stadium. That was or for City Field, and that was one of her accounts. Um, oh, it's so, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, they they do a, they do a good job as far as the food. Uh, and I think the Yankee Stadium, you, you just gotta have, you gotta know somebody to get the, the good food options, right? You gotta be in like the certain area. So that, that's one of like the down things about the uh, about Yankees. But they're also doing like sushi and stuff like that. We need more like like the barbecue and things like that. I think are good, better ballpark foods. Yeah, sushi is just not something I want to eat. Uh, I can't handle sushi with 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 a, with a baseball game. I'm sorry. I like uh, sushi. Like Ninety degree weather. I like sushi, yeah. just not not in the fifth inning of a baseball game. And uh, there's something against I have something against eating sushi outdoors in like the heat. I don't know. There's just nasty to me. <laughs> so I was up in the upper deck behind home plate. The seats were actually pretty decent for being in the upper deck. Um, I was in a section which was mainly drunk Mets fans, unfortunately, and the score on Friday night dictated that they be jackasses. <laughs> so so that was a lot of fun. But there was this old guy who had a Santa Claus beard about five rows in back of me that every time. 
a Mets player struck out a Yankees player, he would start this chant. And he would, it, the, the chant was, it took me a while to figure out, he struck him out, but he would say the first he for like a minute and he would just drag it out and everybody in the, in the section w- would stand up and start, start getting in it, into it with him. Um, so he would go like, he, yeah. he struck him out yeah. and then everybody would start doing, he struck him out, yeah. he struck him out like that. Uh, they didn't repeat it, but, um, they would all join in on the struck him out part. So he'd go, okay. he, and then they would all say struck him out. Got it. Um, it, it was extremely annoying, but um, <laughs> the, eventually people started to catch on, and and there was this guy, this other Mets fan in front of me who w- would start looking for it. But the guy was like fifty two years old, and he was looking for the chant every time. And and I, I think that you can you can do chants when you're you know a teenager all the way up through like thirty five forty, and then you got to stop doing chants in, until you're like seventy again. And then when you're old, you can do whatever you want because old people get away with anything. Yo, I don't agree with this because I'm approaching the numbers you just said, yeah. and so you need I need a you need a firsthand uh, firsthand account on this one. I got a chant. Chanting's fun. I, I feel when I'm at a game, I feel like a kid still. I mean, at college football games, I'm chanting and yelling and screaming my face off. Um, I'm 35 years old. I probably won't stop. I'm not gonna lie. It just didn't look stop. good on this 52 year old balding Mets fan. Maybe it was just a the guy then. Maybe maybe it's how you do it. You got to approach it with some. You got to be like a confident guy and like you know go at it, not like not like a like a puppy looking for a chant. Maybe that's exactly what he was doing. That's why yeah, I was okay. like, "You're too old for this, man." So he's fishing. You can't fish. You got to be a. You got to be a. You got to be a, like confident and lead it, or, or you know get in it with all, all together. You can't just look for something like that. Right. Right. Well, I of course went to the game they lost out of the three. Um, just seems typical of my luck, but they did get two <laughs> out of three, which is good. And uh, let's rewind, though, back to earlier in the week. We got some news that came out um, earlier in the week in Tampa and then also this weekend. But I want to go to something Girardi said uh, regarding Ref Snyder last weekend. They Or last week. They were asking, some of the media was asking, why has Ref Snyder not really seen the field since he got called up? And I give credit to the media because that's something every fan had been begging for. Um, and a lot of times we don't we don't see those questions being asked, um, and it's annoying. But but he did ask it, and Girardi said he has he has been in AAA all season, so he doesn't know the pitchers at the major league level. I almost fell out of my chair when I heard him say this. I mean, you're going to give that as a reason why Ref Snyder hasn't seen the field? That to me is the the worst thing you could say. If you want to just say, you know, Drew and Brendan Ryan are giving us our best chance to win, you know, best for the team right now. I'll take it. I mean, it's boring and it and it's stupid, but But it's how I'll, you feel at that point. Yeah. yeah. He, he just gave some smoke. I'll take it. What is this bullshit about oh, he hasn't seen the major league pitchers? I mean, yes, you're right. He hasn't seen the major league pitchers. He's he's a he's a, a tr- he's been in AAA. He's a minor league guy. How else is he going to start playing in the major leagues? It's like if you just said that, you know, like we, we, we were talking about this earlier. Greg Bird didn't see the major league pitchers, and he seems to be doing just fine. It, it just seems like bullshit. Yeah, and, you know, just give us uh, – to me, there's, we've, we've already discussed this and talked about it, uh, about, you know, there, there's something else going on. Something's, something's, the, something's fishy with this whole situation. But at the same time, um, you know, if you look at his uh, post – all-star, excuse me, post-all-star numbers. I mean, Ref Snyder hasn't been hitting the ball either. And as much as we call for Ref Snyder, I think it's more of a call for uh, us being so sick of seeing Stephen Drew and Brendan Ryan. Exactly. I think, honestly, if there was somebody being, that was, was holding on the fort, uh, 
that we wouldn't really be saying it as much because he has been struggling. But the fact is, is that we, we would rather see someone who's struggling, uh, but but someone who has the, the, the upside and the prospects of, of a ref Snyder with some youth, youthful exuberance um, out there struggling rather than Drew. I mean, to be quite frank, I'd rather see ref Snyder struggle than Drew struggle. Exactly. You nailed it. I'd rather see yeah. ref Snyder go 0 for 4 than Drew 0 for 4. Exactly. <laughs> uh, at least I have a little bit of hope and there's potential and there's a little bit of excitement and I don't know. Um, you know, and we'll talk about this, I know, soon, but the, the fact that Ackley's hitting now, um, to me, makes this kind of a moot point because, you know, he's playing uh, more lately, uh, but he, he's been hitting, I think he's been hitting, he hit three, he's been hitting 360 since he's come over and, what, 25 at-bats? Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys who could play second base right now for, for the Yankees. So, you know, rolling out Brendan Ryan, to me, just makes no sense. Um, uh, Drew, okay, but now that Ackley's hitting left-handed bat, I mean, I, I want to see him out there. And it's, it's to me, honestly, more it, – it's not really about the production on the field. It's more the reason that Girardi gave. It, it just it, – it rubs me the wrong way because it, it's so against everything. You know, it's like th- that is the worst reason he could have given. It, 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 to me, it's just annoying. And, and it like you said, it, it kind of proves that there's something there with Ref Snyder that they don't like. And Yeah, they don't like something. And I, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's – you know, maybe it's the fact that he's so new to second base, and that's just what it is. Or if there's that, there really is an attitude thing. But I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm buying that because I'm kind of. I ha- every time I see him um, pop on the screen, I'm, I'm like staring at him, like seeing what his demeanor is, and like seeing how he interacts with the other guys. And every time I see him, he's like, you know, joking around or talking with somebody on the in the dugout. So I, I just don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but I think the the fact that we're so we get frustrated with things like this is it's it's a uh, it's accumulated over over the course of the season with all these these things that Girardi does you know so it's it's hitting it's hitting a tipping point. What purpose is is he providing being on the major league roster as a September call up if he's not going to get on the field? Exactly, and with the with the depth the quote depth that we have at second base, might as well use another arm, right? Uh, if, if that's the case, it's a it's a no. I can't take Girardi with another. <laughs> Let's just parade arm out another there. arm out there. No, no, we had too many. He goes to too many pitching changes. Don't need another bullpen arm. All right, uh, more bad news uh, on the injury front. It seems like we can't get through a week without talking about somebody getting injured. Uh, Tanaka, grade one hamstring uh, injury, running the bases on Friday night. I think he injured it in the second inning after he bunted. So the good news is he pitched the rest of the game and pitched decently. Uh, I don't think it, it was affecting him too much. And and he's going to miss his next start against Toronto. But I think they said if this was a playoff game coming up, then he'd probably go out there and pitch. Um, but to me, this seems like as close to a playoff game as you can get. I mean, down two and a half games going into Toronto with two weeks left in the season. It doesn't get any more critical than that. Yeah, and the fact that it was uh, that he pitched the the rest of the game and that it's a grade one strain. Uh, a lot of times, I think when you when you like slightly strain something like that, you don't feel it immediately, just because of the adrenaline and and just you're you're up for the game. So it's probably something where he felt uncomfortable the next day or maybe even later in that day after the game, um, and he felt a little discomfort. So they're just definitely taking precautions. I mean, you know that they're going to take precautions with him every time. So uh, to me, they're to him. To the Yankees, Tanaka is a long-term commodity, and they're gonna they're gonna baby him um, to to a point where they can. And uh, th- it seems to me that they're okay with taking this wild card one game, yep. you know, and keep getting him ready for that. Exactly, they rather have Tanaka healthy for that one game playoff than push him to try and win the division this week. Um, yep. You can disagree or agree with that. Uh, I I think I probably disagree with that because I think 
there's too many variables in a one-game playoff um, that can go wrong. And to me, that's not even really like the playoffs. <laughs> I think if you're only playing one game, that's not really the playoffs. It's uh, a play-in game is what it is. Yeah, it's 163. It's not a playoffs. So, uh, But this can't, this really could not have come at a worse time because instead of Tanaka, who's pitched extremely well against Toronto, we're going to see Nova, who has gotten crushed. Yeah, Nova's been. No, Toronto has Nova's number for sure, and uh, he just he just doesn't seem like he can get anybody in that lineup out. Um, you know, th- you know, a couple times through the lineup, so that'll be an interesting game. He's going to have a quick hook, I guarantee it. So hopefully, hopefully we could get some good starts um, in, in the front end of this, and and then you know he'll have our bullpen ready to go for uh, for the Nova game because I have a feeling we're going to be using it. Yeah, especially with that lineup. <laughs> yep, no doubt. You gotta you gotta use all the arms you can get. Uh, Makes Severino start even more important. Absolutely. Uh, so the Yankees are now, as I said, two and a half in back of Toronto. They've made this interesting again. Uh, they had a good week. They won both series this week, and they put themselves in a position where if they win this series in Toronto, they can go into the last couple weeks of the season, and if they play well, they have a good chance at winning the division. Um, There's currently 14 games left on the schedule, and they have no off days between now and the end of the season, so it's not going to get any easier. Right, and now we have um, uh, kind of a different picture, I think, in the wild card since the last time we saw it. We saw this happening, but Texas is definitely pulling away from Houston. I think they have another set this weekend, um, so that could that could determine a lot of things. But also, don't don't count out Anaheim. Anaheim is still lingering back. I think they're one or two games back of um, of the wild card, the Same second wild Minnesota. card. Same with Minnesota. So those those three teams or four teams, I guess, are really going for that second one. Um, and I, I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now, but uh, you know, it, it's looking like we're we're in a much better position um, for for the wild card. And then these guys are going to be fighting out for that second. So hopefully, um, you know, we can show well against Toronto, and then you know, let the chips fall where they may. The last two weeks. Uh, but I tip, I tip my hat to the Red Sox. Thank you very much for taking two of three. Yeah, um, can that they, was a can they tell good job the Yankees, by you guys. Can they tell the Yankees how to play the Blue Jays? Because they've taken care of them the last couple weeks. Yeah, no, it's been good for us too. I mean, I look, we, this is what we wanted to do, right? We wanted to get within three games, I think, when we played them so we could get a little bit of redemption or at least have the opportunity to get redemption. Um, and they've put themselves in that situation. So now we just got uh, to play ball. So you mentioned that Texas and Houston race. It's really interesting. Because Houston had a huge lead, but they've essentially been a 500 team since June. And Texas has really come on strong. Uh, since that uh, Cole Hamels trade, they've been phenomenal. Who would you rather play in a one-game playoff? Um, so, <laughs> I hate I hate saying that because uh, it always bites you. I, I, I kind of just want to see who comes in front of me, but if I were to choose, I guess... Um, I would face Houston, and the, the the reason I would face Houston is I understand that that Keuchel's been filthy against us. I, I get that, um, but to me, there's a in a one game situation at Yankee Stadium. I want the more inexperienced team. I, I want the more inexperienced pitcher. I don't want to uh, to see because it's either Keuchel or Cole Hamels, both left handed pitchers, both um, both uh, having good years. But Hamels has a lot more. Uh, you know, big game experience, uh, you know, in, in the postseason, in the World Series. He knows how to pitch in those situations. And to me, that Texas lineup uh, with Prince Fielder hitting the way he's doing right now um, is, is a lot more, a lot scarier than than what Houston's been doing lately. Although Houston's been very good against us. You know, they, they've really had our number all year. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I'd rather see the younger, inexperienced team. Well, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with I'd rather see Texas. And, and you nailed it. 
Keuchel. I mean, he's filthy. He's given up zero runs in 17 innings against the Yankees this year. Meanwhile, I know it was only one time, but the Yankees scored, uh, I think, six runs off of Cole Hamels when he was with the Phillies earlier in the season. So they've seen Cole Hamels a bunch. I have more confidence in the Yankees lineup to hit the Texas pitching than I do the Houston pitching. And at Yankee Stadium, I'll take that all day. Uh, but it, 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 to me, it's not going to be easy either way. And I'm just terrified of one-game playoffs. You know, it's essentially a game seven. Um, pins and needles the whole time, I'm sure. Oh, no doubt. And and Keuchel, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Keuchel's a different pitcher on the road, too. Granted, he did do well against Yankees at Yankee yes. Stadium. Um, but uh, throughout the season, he has been a different pitcher. He hasn't been as dominant on the road. So, um, I don't know. Cole Hamels just kind of looks like a, a, a very confident man right now. Uh, ever since he came over, he seems like he's kind of been on a mission. Um, I, I, I really don't want to run into him, in all honesty. And, and you know what? Houston might have the Oakland Athletics from last year syndrome where they are totally fading going into the playoffs. And, and when you don't have momentum going into a one-game playoff, it can be a death sentence. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's another reason why you want to face Houston. Yeah, I mean, two weeks two weeks left in the season, though, can turn around a team. Uh, so we'll see what happens in these next two weeks. Uh, but uh, honestly, I'll just, like, give me somebody. Just get me in that game and give me somebody or get me in, get me past that game, and I don't want to see any, any of these guys. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Let's just play who's in front of us. Yeah, I, would just, the, I, I want the game at Yankee Stadium. Get me that division crown. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. So let's rewind back to Monday at Tampa. The Yankees won four to one, and CC six and two thirds innings, no runs, three hits, six strikeouts. Uh, probably his best overall start of the season, uh, and he followed up with another good start on Sunday versus the Mets. So since the he come off the DL, he's been phenomenal. He really has been. I mean, we've been complaining about CC quite a bit this season, but after he, you know, he got shut down for a little bit, had that that cortisone shot, got his his knee, I guess, back in in a, in a decent shape, and he he feels good on it. Um, you know, he's been he's been very good. I mean, he's been last night he was hitting what ninety two on the on the gun as well. So I mean, that's enough velocity. That's that's enough velocity to do damage with the fastball, in my opinion. So. Uh, yeah, he's been very good. He's been locating a lot better, uh, you know. And the one thing that CC's always brought, and you can see it uh, when he's pitching well, is he's just so animated, and he brings that energy that I think to me is that extra energy that the Yankees really need because a lot of these guys just don't show very much emotion on the mound, and CC is as animated as anybody, both on the mound and in the dugout when he's pitching. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him out there. I'm glad to see he's doing well. It looks like that knee is 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 holding up for now. Let's just hope it can. Uh, it can stay good. I don't know what the time between cortisone shots is, like when you can get them. But you know, if that's if that's what it takes to to keep that thing going, let's let's keep going, man. And he's a total different pitcher on the road. I think he pitches with more confidence on the road in big ballparks. I mean, City Field is gigantic. Tampa is pretty big as well, uh, especially compared to Yankee Stadium. So he doesn't have to be as perfect on the road. He he can he can just make his pitches and not worry about giving up pop fly home runs. Yeah, no, it's a great point. It's a great point, and and then that's when he gets more aggressive, and you know he's uh, he's got more confidence, I think, um, because he doesn't have that in the back of his head. So yeah, I agree. I think uh, that's something that we can look forward to is is seeing him pitch on the road more often uh, down the stretch. But getting back to this Monday game, uh, he pitched great, but the Yankees' offense didn't do him any any favors. They got no hit into the eighth inning. 
Um, there was a couple base running mistakes in the sixth inning with one out. Gardner was on second base. Um, he, he reached on a walk and I think an error or something. And McCann hits a deep liner to right field, which I thought it was at least going to get over um, the right fielder's head. Right. But uh, Matuk, I don't even know how to say his name, Matuk, uh, made an awesome play. Close enough. Yeah. And what the hell is Gardner doing running? Um, there's it makes out. no sense. It really makes zero sense. And it just yeah. goes back to the, the fact that Gardner is just a below average base runner. And it's a shame with that much speed. Because, look, if that ball gets over his head, you're, you're scoring. scoring anyway. If it's caught, you're tagging. So stand on the bag. You know, Don't go within five feet of the bag. you got to be much smarter than that. It's amazing how his instincts on the bases have almost gotten worse over the last couple of years. I, I don't remember. I mean, they they just never been good. I, I, I don't know if I, I have a remember, judgment of saying they're bad. Or I don't remember worse them than, being this bad, though. Yeah. Um, well, he's also in more situations. He's getting up more often, too, because he's at the top of the lineup. Um, so we're, we're seeing it more often as well in more prevalent situations, I think. So that could be something. But the fact that I mean, that's that's just I mean, that's that's one on one right there. That's basically you see a fly ball that that deep. Um, I mean, if it's if it's over his head, you're scoring. If it's caught, you're tagging. Just get on the bag. It's Little League stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, and it, other issues with this game is that Girardi left Justin Wilson in way too long. Uh, Wilson, in the seventh inning, got out of uh, a jam. Uh, he got the last two outs of the seventh and then comes back out. Uh, and Joe's trying to stretch him for four outs, which, you know, we've seen it. Wilson's not a longer guy. He's great for one, two, even three outs. But once you extend it past that, he, he doesn't he doesn't have it. And Joe left him in to face Longoria, a righty, who he got out. But then he also left him in to, to face Forsyth, who's a righty, and he didn't get him out. He gave up the go-ahead double. It was a nothing-nothing game at this point. And if any time you're going to use Betances, it's this time to face, to get a, a, a this was the righty This out. was the eighth inning, right? Eighth, eighth inning, inning, zero, zero. Yeah, use yeah. your big guns. What are you doing, Joe? But he leaves Wilson out there, and he gives up the go-ahead run. I, 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 it's Add it to the list of stuff I don't understand. No, I mean, yeah, Batances to me, that's the situation you want to use them. I mean, I, I, some managers, uh, you know, aren't aren't bringing in their guys in a tie game, I guess, on the road. Uh, Your closer, that's, that's, not your eighth inning guy, though. Right, but, but that's, I mean, that's some of their philosophies, and obviously that's one of his philosophies that he just sticks to. Um, so, I don't know. I agree with you. I, I think but that's a that's a spot where you need to bring in Batances. Um, uh, but, you know, just goes back to chalk it up for uh, Joe Girardi with his bullpen management doing what he wants to do. So... <laughs> I, there's, I, you know, I got no words for it. It is it, what it is. It looked like it was going to be one of the most annoying one nothing losses of the season, but uh, our guy A-Rod comes up with two outs in the ninth and, and gets the game-tying double. First game-tying RBI with two outs or later in the ninth inning of his career, which I was actually even surprised about considering how long he's been in the league. Yeah, well, that was always one of his knocks was the clutch hitting league. He, he pads his stats at the end of games when they're blowouts or um, when we're getting killed. So, yeah, I, I, I was very surprised to see it just because he's been playing for so long. But at the same time, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotten some big hits this year and in the playoffs in 09. So I figured that there's at least one time he ran into one. Yeah, just not a tying RBI with two outs later than the ninth. Yeah. The ninth, or the ninth. And then they walked McCann and Slade Heathcott got probably to that point in the season. That's got to be the biggest hit of the season. That was huge, man. That was, look, that was so much fun to watch and to see the dugout erupt um, and and just go crazy with all the young kids and A Rod acting like a 
like a 15 year old kid man <laughs> grabbing that has helmet to grab the helmet off of every guy who hits a home run this season yeah it's it's hilarious it's uh it, but yeah it's it's see that's that's the emotion that i love seeing out of this dugout man i love seeing it and we need more of it we need more of that just raw emotion i granted you know the the situation called for it but um it, that was a huge hit slade heath got was, was a huge huge hit what do you the know buck- a kid a september call-up who hasn't seen the major league pitching get, getting a big hit for them I, I, I'm sure Girardi couldn't believe it. And the funny thing is, is uh, he was talking to um, to Meredith Morakovich at the end in the, in the post game interview and saying he got his his little scouting report from uh, John Ryan Murphy saying he had a, a pretty uh, straight fastball and a Bugs Bunny changeup and uh, <laughs> took it out. Man, that was it was great to see. It's and uh, I love seeing the kids contribute. I think it, it provides a, this team with some spark. Um, as we've said a million times, we want yeah. to see more of that. Uh, it gives us a spark too. It gives the fan base something that they, you know, this fan base loves young players that come through the system. I mean, there's probably nothing we love more than our own guys um, and, and coming up and, and doing things early. So yeah, it, not only for the team, but it, it gives everybody a, a big jolt. So let me ask you something. Put your manager hat on for one second. Um, Heathcott's coming off, a, a, you know, the home run. He's riding high on Monday night. The Yankees get a great come from behind win. We go into Tuesday, and Jacoby Ellsbury is sitting there with his 100 batting average over the last month. Uh, would you start Slade Heathcott, or would you stick with Jacoby Ellsbury in the leadoff spot? Because of the situation, uh, and he hits that shot, uh, and he's jacked up and ready to go, I'm probably starting Heathcott at that point. Of course. Absolutely. The the one I mean, Look, Girardi, this is what he's doing. This is what this is Girardi's. This is, I'm putting Girardi's hat on for a second, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what he's thinking. He's thinking that... Jacoby Ellsbury, the only way he's going to get off this snag is by by hitting himself through it. And I'll 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 agree with him in one in one aspect. While I don't think that's the case, I think that a, a day off could do him some good. Um, but we do need Ellsbury to be hitting down the stretch. So one way or another, we needed to get him off of that snag, that off that uh, that skid. And you know, if it's if it's if that's what you believe that that putting him out there and putting him out there and putting him out there and letting him hit himself through the slump is going to get him through it. Then, then that's that's what you got to do. Uh, but the the one thing that we do need that that no one will dispute is we need Jacoby Ellsbury hitting. We need that player for us to succeed. Um, it's 100%. not going to be it's not going to be Slade Heathcock down the stretch that's going to give us that jolt. It's going to be Jacoby Ellsbury, and we need him going. So, if Joe's belief is that you're going to hit through it, then then I, I'm okay with it to tell you the truth. Um, but but in that situation. That. He played right. all four games against Toronto and then Monday against Tampa and was over the entire time. Joe tried to let him hit out of it and he couldn't. No, I agree. And it makes sense it makes sense to give the Heath got that that uh that game because the following game, we know that Archer's pitching and that Ellsbury has great numbers on Archer, so it, it would be, be it would be a perfect day for hey, take a take a breather. You're yep. going against Archer and getting out of the slump. It, it almost worked out too perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, Jordy would have looked great if that was the case, to tell you the truth. Um, but yeah, so just another head scratcher. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. So it was this move, among many others, that prompted Rich and I to start hashtag Girardi Wood. Uh, we got that nice little trending on Twitter on Tuesday night, people making some jokes what Girardi would do. Um, you know, sit Slade Heathcott when he just hit the game-winning home run, probably sit Babe Ruth against a tough lefty, you know, things of that nature. Take Nolan Ryan out after 100 pitches. Just many of the of the Girardi Woods that I found to be pretty funny. Definitely check out that hashtag. Um, I saw the one of them that was my favorite was uh, was <laughs> was uh, starting Wally Pip after he came back. Oh, yeah, because you can't lose your uh, job to injury. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great one. <laughs> um, so this game they lost six to three. Um, I know baseball. You know the whole cliche: momentum is only as good as your next starting pitcher. But how you lose after that momentum coming off Monday night still baffles me. Um, the Yankees had Warren going, and he could only go four innings because it was his first start since June, I believe. So you knew he wasn't going to be stretched out. Um, but Girardi then had to go to guys like Rumbelow and and Caleb Cotham and all these middle relievers who we've seen suck time after time. Once you go to enough of them, <laughs> it's going to go bad. And... <laughs> I was I I literally talked I talked shit like like three seconds before this home run happened too. Uh, it was to you and Rich actually. We have a like a, a group conversation that we were talking on through the game, and I was saying that like I I think I could be better than Nick Franklin in the major leagues just by looking at him, which is a complete just utter overstatement. Obviously, uh, I was more joking just because he's like a string bean. He looks like he's 150 pounds, like five four. He just he just doesn't look like a professional anything. Um, and then literally like next pitch shot, he, he hits the 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 ball out of the out of the ballpark. I'm like yeah, that's that's perfect. So you can you can put. Don't put that one on Rumbelow and then a little asterisk. Uh, you could put half of it on me, too. Uh, no, you, you got to add some Girardi in there. Uh, all right, and Girardi. So there's the threefold you can blame on that one. Well, because Rumbelow, Girardi brought Rumbelow in in the fifth, and he got out of the fifth inning. Yeah. Perfect. Take Rumbelow out of the game. You've already gotten more out of him than you thought. But nope, Girardi has to bring him back out for the next inning, and he gives up the home run. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't understand when you have these guys coming in and spot relief appearances to bring them in, put them in the dugout, let them sit for half an inning and then come back out. To me, that makes no sense. They're not in that situation. They haven't been in that situation. Why put that guy after a good start? Let's 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 keep his momentum up because we're going to need these arms. Bring in another guy um, to to pitch the the you know the get, give him a clean inning. Um, and, and yeah, Girardi left him in. Uh, was 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 you know trying to trying to play with house money at that point and got burned. And then later in the game, the Yankees are only down by one in the eighth inning. So you're thinking, you know, after what we saw last night, we can get, you know, we can come back on this team. But Joe used, uh, went to Brian Mitchell down one in the eighth inning and deja vu all over again, right? He gives up a run and pretty much ices the game for, for, the, for the race. Brian Mitchell is playing himself, has played himself into mop-up duty. I mean, he has been really bad lately. I mean, he just looks like he has zero confidence out there. He can't get people out. Um, he, he's just not looking good. He's really – and it's a shame because – and I don't know if it's because you – know, if it's if, if we look back at the games and, and, like, that turning point was when he got hit, um, you know, with the line drive back at him. But it seems like ever since then he has just not had uh, – not been good on the mound. And he showed a lot of promise early and, and I'd say in the middle of the season – um, so it's a shame to see what, what's happened with him. He really needs to get his confidence back. Listen, it sucks that if that's the reason why he's struggling, that sucks. And I feel bad for him. But <laughs> Girardi can't keep pitching him. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. He's played himself into a, into a, a position where you can't go, go to him in any big situations. Um, he's just not pitching well. He can't yeah. get people out. I mean, but for mop-up duty, Joe uses his mop-up guys down one in the eighth inning. Yeah, that's, that is true. So, uh, One other thing I want to mention uh, from this game. The eighth inning, the Yankees are still only down by one. This is before Mitchell gives up the game. Uh, but eighth inning, they pinch run with Noel, who's fast as all hell. Um, and we've actually seen him pinch run a few times and get some some big stolen bases. But Bird is up. There's a 1-0 count. And Noel runs. And Bird swings at the 1-0 pitch. 
he had the base stolen easily, and that's just I think a little bit of the rookie um, showing through on Bird, where you got to take a pitch there and let the guy steal. Yeah, the only thing I'll say against that is unless there was a hit and run on for some reason, um, and and that's why he was swinging if, it, if he got a sign. But if that was not the case and he's swinging at that, uh, I'm 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 in the same boat. I'm letting him take the base or at least giving him the option to get in a scoring position, and then I'm gonna take my hacks. Yeah, I mean Bird. I, I almost feel stupid complaining about Bird because I think he's been fantastic, and um, I'm really excited about his future. But it's little things like that where you notice the difference between him and Teixeira, and. Yeah, but he he is a rookie, so that's of that's course. it. I mean, he looked like a rookie because he is one. So I mean, that's you know, unless there was a, a sign uh, coming from um, coming from the dugout for for him to if it was a hit and run, then uh, then yeah, he looked like a rookie. But you know what? <laughs> he's allowed to, in my opinion, he's allowed to look look like a rookie. Oh, and he he's getting better, and I'm sure he'll get better. And I think this experience is going to do wonders for him going into next season. But yeah, as long as they find a, a spot for him. As long as they find a spot for him and don't don't throw him back in to get every every day at bats. Well, Jack Curry tweeted, um, and I actually found this interesting that yeah. they he thinks they might try Bird out in the off season at third base. Yeah, I could see that. I saw that tweet as well, and it's definitely an interesting uh, option for him to to possibly platoon over there as well. So. You know, I mean, if he's a super utility guy, we're using him at first DH and third base. That's a lot of value, uh, especially for you know guys like Tex and A Rod, um, keeping them fresh. So yeah, and let's that, be that real. could be that could go a long way. Let's be realistic. Um, the chances of A Rod and Teixeira staying healthy again next season, I mean, very very slim. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, hopefully uh, he he can make that transition and 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 actually hold down third base. That would be uh, I want him. I just you know I want him on the team one way or another. So yep. for him to make himself um, available in that way, it would be terrific. So Wednesday, the Yankees got the win, winning the series in Tampa, which is what they had to do. Ellsbury finally broke out of his slump, and we said this before. He owns Chris Archer, which I mean, Archer's one of the, I think one of the best pitchers in the league. So for Els to have those kind of numbers off of him. And get two hits going into the game in that kind of slump. I mean that that's that's some, saying something. So that's great to see Ellsbury get out of his slump, and it, he actually was hitting over the weekend against the Mets. Yeah, and and good for him. Uh, exactly, kind of what we, we we set it up for a little bit earlier is he had very good uh, numbers against Archer, um, and that's that's the guy where he can he can bounce back. Um, and he has been hitting the, the ball a lot harder this weekend. So, look, he's a guy that we need. We need the top of the order. And to me, Ellsbury and Gardner feed off of each other. I think when one's going, the other one's going as well. Or at least there's a better opportunity for both of them to be going. Um, and it, 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 I think the, the adverse is exactly the same, too. When one's slumping, the other one seems to slump. So those guys are a, a crucial link to this lineup. And we need them hitting down the stretch. Uh, absolutely. And I don't think they've both been hitting at the same time really since earlier in the season. So maybe if they get going towards the end of the stretch run here, that could really be a boost. And- oh, no doubt. And they were, I mean, in the beginning of the season, that was, they were creating uh, uh, havoc on the base path and, you know, havoc in the in the starting pitcher's mind. Because when those two guys are on with the amount of speed that they have, you know, you're giving a lot of uh, a lot of different things to think about for that starting pitcher. And then you have, um, you know, the power uh, that, that comes up behind them with, with Beltran now really hitting um, A-Rod, McCann, um, and even Bird. So, yeah, there's a – to, to me, that's, that's the crucial part of the Yankees hitting. All right, I want to talk about Batances, who in this game on Wednesday comes into the game with two outs in the seventh inning and walks three straight guys. His command is totally lost. I mean – 
and we've seen this before, right? We saw this against Baltimore a couple weeks ago where he walked the bases loaded um, and could only throw his slider for strikes. I mean, it almost looks like they blindfolded him, spun him around, and was like, okay, go out there and pitch. I mean, the it's going everywhere, in the dirt, up and in, you know, just no command at all. And I'm getting a little nervous from this. Well, and it's interesting because when you look at Batantis and the, the reason he was shifted into a uh, – closer or a uh, reliever role was because when he was a starter, his command was off. Uh, he could not locate pitches. And it seems like when he does get tired, when he, when he starts being, you know, his arm is fatigued or his legs are fatigued or, you know, whatever it is, he starts missing. And when he's missing, um, you know, that hat, that fastball becomes a hell of a lot more hittable. Uh, every pitch becomes more hittable. So, you know, you, you were talking, uh, you know, he'll make 70 appearances this season. Um, you know, the fatigue factor is a real thing, I think, with him. And I think that's one of the big reasons he was, you know, slotted into a reliever role. So, you know, I, we need him to, 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 be, to be saved and fresh uh, for, for big situations more now than any other time. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if, if we could put up some, some runs and not use him. Um, but going into this Toronto series, we're going to need him. We're going to need him to be to be to be right. Yep, he'll make seventy appearances, and it'll be the second season in a row. Uh, his first two seasons in the big seventy appearances, and in his entire career, Mariano only had three seasons of seventy appearances. Yeah, that's saying something right there. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of appearances. That's a could be the Joe Girardi factor. Yeah, I think exactly that goes to Girardi's bullpen management and poor bullpen management, more specifically. Yeah. Um, all right, so Friday, Yankees are heading off day Thursday, and then they go into the into Queens, into City Field uh, against the Mets. Uh, Friday night, just kind of a lame game. Um, the The lineup that Girardi put out there on Friday might have been the worst lineup all season. It reminded me of 2013 when we had Vernon Wells batting cleanup. Um, <laughs> he sits McCann and Ellsbury after they have days off on Thursday. And after Ellsbury just broke out of his slump on, on Wednesday, he sits both of those guys. Guys who you're paying $150 million and $82 million contracts to sits them because Matt's is a lefty, I'm assuming. What other reason would there be? But how do you sit those two guys in a pennant race? I just don't understand it. I don't understand it either. I don't know how you trot out the lineup that he did. Uh, it, you know, I you look at it. He was loading the loading the lineup with righties, but guess what? When you have when you have guys like McCann and and Ellsbury who you're paying that much money, and like you said, Ellsbury just just got some confidence back, getting out of his his little uh, his his long his long slump. I mean, I'm not saying he's out of it, but I'm saying he had some confidence going in. You play the man. You play your superstars. You stop overmanaging and you play your superstars. You know, put some pressure on the rookie kid who's coming out against us. I mean, the kid. Let's yeah, he's a he's a he's been phenomenal coming up, Matt's. Um, he's a lefty. I get it, but he's also a rookie. Let's throw some big names at him and see what we can do and see see him get rattled. I mean, to me, I'm I'm playing my my big guys against a kid um, every single time. So I I don't understand it. To me, it's a it was a it was a nonsense lineup. It, it, it aspired zero confidence in anybody when you look at it. I mean, if I'm Ellsbury and McCann, I'm storming into Girardi's office on Friday afternoon. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Put me in the lineup. I want to play. Obviously, I mean, maybe they did that and he told them to shut up. But, I mean, with two weeks to go in the season, you no days off for these guys. Come on. Like, we need to win games. We can't be giving up games. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and you know, 
it's 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 back. You know, putting uh, having Brendan Ryan in there uh, for his defense. Um, he's basically an automatic out at this point. Um, you know, it, it's just. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand trolling him out. I mean, look, I know Girardi loves his vets, and I know he loves his defense. Um, but, they, you know, Brendan Ryan, while, while he did make a nice play in the game, uh, he's made some, some suspect plays in the field as well, as well as Stephen Drew has. So I'm not going to always just say that it's because of the defense. Because to tell you the truth, their defense hasn't been stellar this year um, as, as uh, rotational guys out there. So um, I'm, I'm not really buying it. Uh, you want to hear a Girardi gem? So post-game, Girardi was quoted as saying that it was tough without two of their big boppers, McCann and A-Rod, with that lineup. Pretty sure he had control over who he put in the lineup. It's not like those guys were injured. So for him to say, oh yeah, it's tough without two of our big boppers, uh, dude, it's your own doing. You You can't use that as an excuse when you did it. And look, I, I, he he made me so furious. I think it was the sixth inning. We had runners in scoring position. We had, um, I think, less than two outs. Yeah, less than two outs for sure. And uh, Brendan Ryan was up. Now, the situation is less than two outs. Brendan Ryan's up. Tanaka's on deck. Tanaka is kind of approaching uh, you know, a, a position where Girardi's probably going to take him out. Probably you would definitely pitch the next inning, but maybe nothing after that. Um, to me... I don't even care if you need to throw up A-Rod at that point. You Put yourself in a position to get back in the game, to, to take advantage of it, uh, and to inspire some confidence. Even if, even if they are, they're walking A-Rod, because first base was open, even if you're walking A-Rod and sending up uh, and putting yourself in the position where you might have to pinch it for Tanaka, then you know what? Press the situation, in my opinion. Press the situation. Let's 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 try to get these runs when they're available, rather than Brendan Ryan swings at the first pitch, grounds out, inning over. You know, it's it's just it, to me, it, it makes no sense. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say because I agree with you. <laughs> so, but uh, and I think most people agree with that statement as well. So. I don't, I'm done. I'm done trying to figure out Girardi's management because it makes no sense and it goes against everything that I think I've learned watching baseball for 27 years. You're done, but we're going to talk about it more every single time we talk. Yeah, but I'm done <laughs> trying to like figure out what he, what he's thinking because right. it, it's like the it's the thinkings of a madman in reality. Yeah, no, there's no. He understands his own logic. Uh, not many other people do. Uh, Tanaka didn't pitch bad, but he made two mistakes that went for home runs. Um, you know, I, I say this all the time: death taxes and Tanaka giving up a home run. It's pretty much what we got with him. Yep, uh, two solo shots, uh, but still, you know, get the bats going. I don't even blame the bats because the bats were so bad that were in the lineup. Yeah, there were no <laughs> you know, bats that could. It's get really going. hard to. Yeah, it's really hard to to blame them when you have that much firepower sitting on the bench just doing nothing. Um, in a in a big game, it's not even the big. It's not only a big game against your your crosstown rival, but it's the first game of the series. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's go. Let's 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 get some momentum going into this series and 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 start off on the right foot. Ah, it frustrates me. <laughs> so, well, this is going to frustrate you too. Saturday, the Yankees are up five nothing. Pineda is cruising into the into the sixth inning at eighty six pitches and out waddles Girardi to take him out. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if this is Girardi saying, "Hey, Pineda has not been so good. Uh, let's let leave him on a on a good foot." And, it's a five nothing game. Yeah, I know. I'm still look. I'm trying to play Girardi here. Uh, I'm I'm throwing him at least through the end of the inning. I'm, he's going he's going six innings for me, no doubt. If you want to bring in someone in the seventh, fine. Um, 
But you know, 86 pitches, you know, and out into the sixth inning, let him get through the let him get through the inning. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. He was pitching great. Yeah. And then have some confidence. He, he look. He's there's two full two ways to talk about that. He's trying to leave him with confidence, but at the same time, you're saying he doesn't have confidence to go more than five and a third um, when he's pitching well. So so you're, you're you're doing damage in both ways, in my opinion. I mean, we're not talking about a rookie anymore. We're not talking about Severino, who you can make an argument. Okay, you got him out of there before things got bad. Pineda's a veteran at this point. He, I, I have a hard time calling him a veteran, though. I mean, the guy has not he pitched a full. A full uh, he's season, so enough in the major leagues where you don't need to coddle him. Fine, but they're still trying to coddle him because of the injuries. I mean, he's on that list. He's on the injury coddled list. Him and Tanaka are always eighty six pitches, not one hundred and eighty six pitches. Hey, I get it, but I'm telling you the reasoning, and, and they're going to coddle these guys because of of, of injury uh, threats. That's that's just the way they're they're approaching these two. So guys. they're going to get to a situation in the playoffs, and it's one out in the sixth inning at eighty five or ninety pitches, and they take their starters out, or are they going to finally leave them in then? But since they haven't gone to one hundred and ten pitches all season, they 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 don't have it, and they. You know they haven't been to that point in the season. They can't push it anymore. That's the situation that might bite us in the ass. You're absolutely you nailed it. They are going to leave them in at that point because it is do or die at that point. But you're right. Maybe they are fatigued at that point because they have not done it. So hey, you you, you hit it on the head with that one. I I, I agree. I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm trying to see why they're doing this. And and to me, it's because of the injury risk factor. I understand you can't extend pitchers to 115 pitches every start out, but I think there's situations where you can push them. And no doubt, CC has been pushed. CC was even pushed over 100 pitches. I think his not not Sunday, but on uh, on his last outing on Monday, um, he was pitched beyond it. So there's there's guys where you can you can you can stretch them out, and they need to be stretched out at some point. You need to have the confidence to say, okay, look, they're they're healthy. Let them go, because you know you have to have that confidence. If they're if they're out there, you have to assume they're healthy. That's the way I approach things. If they're out there and pitching, they're healthy. The Yankees get a 5 nothing win, and I'm sitting here pissed off because I just don't understand what Girardi did. And then to get the, the last 11 outs of the game in a 5 nothing game, Girardi used six pitchers. Well, hey, good for them. I'm glad they got the outs. I'm glad they did their job. Get good for those six pitchers who did their job. And you know who was one and of hey, those And hey, he didn't leave anybody in too long. <laughs> Do you You're not who, complaining that he left anybody in too long. Do you know who one of those pitchers was? Chris Capuano. Well, no, Dellen Batances, <laughs> who is pitching in a 5 nothing game, yet we want to save him because he's got, you know, 70 appearances almost. You don't use him in a game when it's a nothing nothing game in Tampa, but you use him in a 5 nothing game. I-, I would love for Girardi to explain that to me. Yeah, no, it's classic Joe Girardi right there. <sighs> no explanation. He explained it to you, but you, you wouldn't understand it. I mean, I'm so pissed off, and the Yankees won two out of three against the Mets this weekend. All right, well, simmer down. You need to be happy. You need to, you need to relax. You need to get some confidence and some some uh, excitement. And you know, going into this Toronto series, we can't you on the, we can't have you on the negative train walking into this. Come on now. I'm always on the negative train. <laughs> uh, Yankees ended with a 11-2 blowout win against the Mets. CC, as we already said, looked awesome last night. I thought he made a couple mistakes in the first inning, but then really settled into the game. Uh, the Mets aren't, uh, you know, the Mets aren't the best hitting lineup, but they're pretty damn good since they got Suspedis and David Wright back. So, you, you want to say, okay, he cruised against Tampa. That's not really a good hitting lineup. To shut down the Mets in City Field, I think, is a very, very good thing. Well, and I think we ran into their lineup at a at a good time too, because I, if I remember correctly, I think last night Cespedes uh, broke an over nineteen streak. Um, so he was not hitting, you know, during this series and he, you know, he, he had been hitting, he was on fire for, uh, you know, the couple weeks before that. 
um, really since the since they got him. Uh, but he had cooled off uh, right at the, at the good time for us. So um, th- that was uh, that was good timing on our part. But but yeah, you know, it's a uh, they don't have the greatest. But the Yankees the Yankees came out. CC pitches butt off again, man. Animated, like super animated when Beltron hit that double and, and Ackley hit that three run home run. Loved seeing it. Uh, I love seeing that fire. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, uh, you know, under understate how important to me that that momentum and that fire in the dugout is for uh, for for having a, a good stretch and having you know hitting hitting this hitting the good uh, a good streak. CC's definitely pitching himself back into a playoff rotation. Oh, easily, dude. I'm telling you, he's going to be in there, no doubt about it. Um. You know, as much as we complain about the Yankees pitching situation and taking guys out, at least we're not dealing with what's going on with Matt Harvey right now. Uh, He pitched five scoreless innings and then was taken out because of his, you know, innings limit, the whole thing with Scott Boras, 185 innings, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the Mets pen immediately implodes. Um, Beautiful. I can can only imagine how, how... How how crazy you'd be going if that was a situation that we'd be running into right now? It, well, it would, I follow it, a couple Mets fans on Twitter, and they're pretty pissed off. Yeah, oh, I mean, you have to be right. It's the same thing that happened with Steven Strasburg. I mean, they shut him down. But they're also pissed off at Harvey too. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of uh, that's gone down a little bit. I don't know he, when he came out and said that. Look, I'm trying to do it. From what I heard, I saw, I didn't actually see this, but I already got into uh, kind of a heated argument in the dugout when when they were pulling him. Um, I don't know if that show, you know, the the uh, the Emmys were last night, so maybe Harvey was you know, putting on his <laughs> like his, that was staged, putting on his yeah his Emmy his little Emmy rant um, and, and just running you know getting all mad and going into the into the bullpen or into the dugout um, or into the clubhouse. But yeah, you know, look, he looked phenomenal too. I tell you. He he looked really good, oh, and that was he's filthy. Yeah, and that was his first start in, in uh, twelve, what, 12 days. days. Yeah, so so you know him him fresh is a is a scary thing. He looked at seven strikeouts, I think, in five innings. So, um, yeah, and Ackley got a big three run bomb. I think as long as he's hitting, Drew and Ryan should not see the field. Yeah, Ackley definitely has been hitting the ball well, and he's got the pedigree, man. He's got the pedigree. Well, I guess Drew does too, but um, Ackley's been hitting the ball very well. Um, Drew was inserted at, right after that home run as a defensive replacement, uh, I think in the sixth or the seventh inning. So it was pretty early for a defensive replacement, but he was the, the Yankees blew it open after that. But um, he was inserted at it to, well, as, Girardi, as, a, as a footnote. Girardi, even though he got tossed from this game, was probably managing from the clubhouse. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I was like, I saw, I saw that move. I was like, Girardi is still managing. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I don't. Although uh, Refsider, Refsider did play, right? It was very confusing how Girardi got uh, thrown out of this game. He argued a called check swing strike early in the game. Came out very, very animated. Got in the third base ump's face, but there was no, you know, big sign of of you're out of this game. Uh, the announcers on ESPN did not mention he was thrown out of the game, but he was thrown out of the game at some point. I just don't know when it happened. Yeah, it had to have been at that point, and it just wasn't an overly uh, stated thing by the umpire. He stayed he, in the dugout. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that's. I think he came. I don't. I didn't see him come back out. So maybe I just missed it, or they just realized he was still in the dugout and were like, "You got to go." Um, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I, I think he had the. He had Girardi's big thing. He always gets so mad about the strike zone. Like that's his big. That's his big deal. And defending guys about the strike zone. That's what it seems to me. Like every time he's out, it's because of the. It's because of the the strike zone. Um, and I think that's what set him off because the pitch before that happened, or it was in that. It was in that at bat. Um, there was a called strike that was just terrible, 
uh, that that was not a strike, and then the the check swing, which to me was not close either, it was not a strike, um, just set him off the edge, and it was a quick set off the edge, uh, but apparently he got tossed in the middle of that somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't even look like the bench really rallied around that either. Yeah, is what it is. Jordy uh, shows his fire when he does, but. Look, it was a big win. We needed this win. We needed to get this momentum back and, and going into Toronto with guns blazing, and that's what it seems like we're doing right now. Um, so I, I'm glad there's a, there's a good momentum uh, shift, and hopefully they can carry it into the Toronto series. A sweep is unlikely because we have Nova pitching in one of those games, but if you take two out of three and you're a game and a half out with, thir- with 11 games to play, you now put the pressure on Toronto. Totally agree. We need some good starts by Warren and Severino, and then um, you know going into to that to that Nova game. I'm hoping we have uh, two wins. And the last uh, and time the Yankees last time the Yankees were up in Toronto, they took two out of three. So I think they have confidence up there. Yep, and that's where Severino pitched really well in Toronto as well. Um, he got batted around when he was in the Bronx when Toronto came uh, to New York, but in Toronto, Severino uh, fared extremely well. So hopefully, he can he can build off of his last start as well and really carry that into to this next one in Toronto because we do need him. We need him, and we need uh, we need Warren to to stretch out a little bit longer too, and, and you know give us a, a a good quality start. Warren looked good uh, in the four innings against. Tampa so you know if he can push it to five maybe even six innings that's I think can be pretty good I mean Warren's look good in the starting rotation when he was in the rotation so there, there was a big controversy of taking him out in the in the in the first place I actually um, agreed with that <laughs> yeah well but he's looked good he's looked very good when when put into this role so um, you know hopefully this is a comfort zone for him and he you know he, he's got more confidence in the starting rotation and uh, and he can build off of it because we definitely need him down the stretch I think they totally misused him out of the bullpen though this summer I mean it's a classic example of, of them misusing and, and flip-flopping a guy um, you know we saw it as early with it with the Jabba rules and, and Warren not knowing a, a true role and being stretched out and then being used in an eighth inning and then you know it's, it's just a, it's a confusing thing I think for him and he doesn't know when he's going to get in or he can't really can't really acclimate to a situation um, and, and get his body ready for it all right so as we said earlier no off days between now and the end of the season so we got a lot of Yankees baseball coming up three against Toronto just got to win that series and then go take care of the White Sox who are not very good all right we'll catch you guys next time Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.